0: Welcome to Digging Deeper in Grace, a ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Cedarville, Ohio. Our goal each episode is to dig deeper into the scriptures with a focus on our most recent sermon. And now let's dig deeper. Well, hello, and thank you for joining us today, wherever and whenever and even however you're listening. We're glad that you're with us today. My name is Bart Sheridan, and I'm serving as your host for the podcast. And with me today are four gentlemen who are going to be sharing with us from the student ministries uh, division or student ministries of our church here at Grace Baptist Church. Josh Taylor is student ministries pastor. Dan Ackerman is associate pastor for student ministries. And then we have two interns, Chris Heil and Isaac Shaw, who are joining. Us as well. This is a five Sunday month here in July of 2023. And every five Sunday month, we take one of those uh, weeks to share about a specific ministry area of our church. So I know Josh and Dan are maybe a little bit better known. So I'm going to skip you two for just a moment. going to ask Chris and Isaac if you would share a lot of times people I, I shared with you before we went to the microphones, a lot of times people you're up on the platform or you're running around doing this, that or the other, and somebody will come up to me and say, who is that? I don't know that person. So anyway, let's go ahead and introduce yourself, maybe uh, your educational experience, where you're from and what you're doing now, and briefly what your immediate future plans are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us on the podcast, Bart. Uh, My name is Chris Heil, and I've been serving as one of the student ministry interns for the past year. And I am in my well, about to enter into my third and final year of the MDiv program at Cedarville University. And yeah, just been working with Josh and Dan this year, uh, various teaching opportunities and helping plan events and go on these trips together. So yeah, it's been a joy to serve in this capacity at Grace. Uh, I was born and raised as an MK in Durban, South Africa, uh, and moved to the States when I was 12. And ever since then, the Lord has kind of been uh, kind of pointing me in the direction of vocational ministry. So after graduating with a, a business degree from Cedarville a few years back, decided to return for my MDiv. Uh, and so I get married in a couple weeks, and then I graduate next spring. And then after that, we'll see what happens. So yeah, I would love to, to serve in a church vocationally, but... Uh, yeah, we'll see where God takes us. Now I've got to say,
0: Chris, I'm just going to interrupt you. We've talked before. I love to see that business track into ministry, and I say that half in jest, but I also love to see the fact that uh, God is uh, using your business background, and He can use that in ministry just like others. That's not a traditional method of going into ministry.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I'm yeah I'm excited to see how the Lord uses that. Great, Isaac.
2: Yeah, uh, my name is Isaac Shaw. I was born and brought up overseas in New Delhi, India. Um, I came to the States for my education, um, went through Cedarville, and I just graduated in May, actually, with my MDiv as well. And so I've been serving here with the student ministries um, alongside Chris. And yeah, it's been a joy and a privilege to serve here at Grace for this amount of time. Um, I will be moving on in a month to um, Cleveland, where I'll be a pastoral resident at a church up there. Yeah,
0: And Isaac, you just graduated. Uh, You received a pretty prestigious honor at Cedarville as you graduated. Can you share about that?
2: Um, Yeah, I I, uh, won the President's Award at the end of the year, which, um, yeah, was a little bit of a surprise because I didn't know that was coming.
0: (laughs) Well, it was a surprise to everybody except your parents, right? They already knew. (laughs) 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 They weren't surprised. Well, guys, we, in preparation for our discussion today, uh, Josh, you shared with me a, a summer schedule a rather robust summer schedule. We're going to focus uh, today on a number of ministry trips that you and Dan have been leading. I want you to go ahead and start off and just share a little bit the philosophy,
3: if you would, of
0: using these trips to build into the young people here
3: at Grace. Yeah. Um, trips are really a fantastic opportunity to, to get away and kind of break the normal rhythms of life here in cedarville to see a different area to spend time a lot of concentrated time together um that just helps build relationships in in deeper ways than your weekly youth group does um the time we spend together on a week-long trip is often more time than we do a whole year of youth group and so it's a great opportunity to just spend time together build relationships and also get a chance to experience and serve in, in ways we otherwise would, wouldn't be able to hear. Well,
0: the, the first on the summer schedule was our uh, summer
3: camp at Scioto Hills. Now, this is for ages what? This We take campers from second to eighth grade, and then we have high schoolers serve as seekers and that's ninth to 12th grade. And seekers are? Seekers go and help us with uh, different things from music and skits in chapel. Uh, seekers serve the camp by doing various work projects. Um, they 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 assist the counselors at meals and swim with the kids and stuff. So seekers come alongside and help serve and, and make the camp happen um, in, a, in a really great way for high schoolers to participate and this is a kind of a
0: unique scenario i believe most churches don't do this in fact probably most churches can't do this uh, sending along those who are going to be ministering to the second through eighth graders can you talk a little bit about the uh, how that started, perhaps, as well as what's the philosophy there of taking our own instead of just relying on the resources the camp has from, from a manpower and a ministry power uh, standpoint?
3: Yeah. <clears throat> um, interestingly enough, the summer camp I grew up going to, we brought our own adult chaperones. Um, so that was the paradigm I was used to until I came to Cedarville and... Um, was exposed to Scioto Hills and actually served as Summer as a counselor there. So really appreciate both models. Um, There are strengths to both models. Um, What happened was the summer after COVID in 2021, Scioto Hills reached out to some of its uh, larger churches and and said, um, we're not planning on doing a normal camp model yet this year. However, if you'd like to come and do your own program, Uh, we'll make the facilities available to you. So we decided to go ahead and try it. We, we took fourth to eighth graders. Um, so it was a little bit smaller group than what we've taken the past two years and brought our own counselors and recruited two adults to serve in each cabin. And we just had a fantastic experience. It was really amazing to see, um, just different levels of discipleship happening in our church over the course of that week, where we're seeing our high schoolers interact with our younger kids. We're seeing our adult counselors building into campers and even the high school students. And so all the amazing relationship building that happens at camp suddenly didn't just stay at camp, it came home because we saw those people at church on Sunday. And so that was one of the main Reasons we made this shift is because it really fueled the discipleship ministry of our church, especially among our kids. God with us.
0: What's the that was the theme of this year's camp? What uh, tell us a little bit about how that how you decided on that particular theme and uh, what what you did to promote that and why God with us?
4: Yeah, I'll take that. Um, so in the past, we have typically done. Um, smaller books of the Bible, like epistles, where we would focus on that and study that throughout the week of camp. Um, Salta Hills would provide their own curriculum like that in the past, and we decided to pick that up on our own previously. And we thought this year just to try something a little bit different, um, not only to just to do something different, but also to give a bigger picture of uh, the storyline of Scripture. And being able to present that to the students in one week uh, in a way that w- they would be able to grasp, um, we thought that could be really advantageous. So we settled in, and I think it was actually, um, it may have been Weston or one of the interns actually maybe floated the idea of of using the theme of, uh, of God with us, God's presence with his people, and how God has... Um, uh, created us to be with Him. How humans have uh, lost that privilege of being in God's presence through sin, and the means by which God has worked to uh, pursue His people ultimately in the incarnation of Christ. Um, it's a it's a storyline, uh, and it's a a theme within that storyline that we thought would be helpful for the students to uh, understand and ultimately to have their own hope for. Uh, what it would mean to dwell with God in the future and how they can have that hope through trusting in God with us, Jesus Christ himself. Um, so it's a, it's a biblical theological theme um, that's seen throughout the storyline of Scripture. And it's something that uh, we decided, you know, this could be something we could replicate in the future and just look at different themes throughout Scripture uh, so that students are always being presented with uh, the Bible as one big story Uh, rather than just a collection of individual stories so that they can be equipped to better understand and read their their Bibles on their own. Mm -hmm. Great.
0: great. Dan, while you have the microphone, uh, you mentioned uh, the idea of floating an idea while we're on the idea of floating. Uh, we let's talk wow. about, uh, you like wow. this strength? you see what I did there that was... yeah. and it's following, it's following a biblical theme because, uh, you cast your students onto the water and after many days they return to us. So can you tell us about the elevate freshman canoe trip?
4: Wow. That, can was, you that, that? was masterful. Yeah, that was, that was great, Bart. Um, yeah. So, uh, they, we we just got back um, from Elevate. It's a a canoe trip uh, for incoming high school freshmen. So um, so the eighth graders who just finished out in a blaze. Uh, this is a trip uh, just exclusively for them. Uh, we went up to the Osabo River in northern Michigan, and we spent uh, four days uh, canoeing and three nights camping. Uh, along the river, we carried all of our equipment with us and put those in the canoe. And um, the the purpose of that trip is uh, similar to how Josh mentioned mentioned it's a it's a way to kind of step away from the normal routines of uh, students' life in the summer, and to spend some specific time focusing on um, developing and deepening friendships that are centered on the gospel. And that's kind of the the main the purpose of the trip is to focus uh, specifically on the need for biblical community in the life of a teenager, and really in the life of just a Christian. So we uh, spend time on the trip uh, each morning and evening reading uh, some key scripture passages that talk about biblical community and our need for one another. And then we also spend uh, the trip reading through a section of the book called Habits of Grace by David Mathis, uh, where he focuses on a number of chapters talking about uh, why it is important to belong to God's family. So really the, the overarching purpose of the trip is to, again to deepen and to develop friendships that are centered on the gospel so that students as they're entering into high school uh, they hopefully have some type of foundation with one another uh, to um, to confess sin with one another, to be open and honest and transparent and Bart, there's no better way to be open and honest and transparent than you know being out in the wilderness for four days, right? So the a lot of the veneer is stripped away and <laughs> you see true colors. And we had an awesome time on the trip. The kids had great attitudes. Uh, we had, uh, some pouring rain on the first day and on the last day. So, um, hairstyles was, went out the door on that day. They, they definitely did. Yes. They went out the door. Uh, but it was a, it was a great time with the students and I really think uh, we had 15 kids go with us this year. Um, it was a, it's a really big class of kids. And I, I really think throughout the time that we spent together, that the students grew close to one another. And I think they have uh, gained a deeper appreciation uh, for not only their need uh, to be helped, but also the need of other people for them to be um, helpers too. Dan, this this is the second year you've done this trip. I don't
0: know that we've done a freshman only trip in the past. Uh, can you talk about the importance of bringing these, these underclassmen, mm-hmm. the lower classmen, if, uh, as far as the hierarchy in high school goes, uh, bringing them along and kind of setting a tone as sounds like what you're doing.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good way to put it. Um, yeah. So these, these are students who have just spent three years in our middle school ministry, and this is, uh, an opportunity for them to, uh, you know, they're Usually eighth graders, I know I was the same way when I was in eighth grade, I was excited to get into high school. And this is an opportunity for them to, uh, to express some of that excitement for the next four years. And uh, the purpose of it being freshmen only is because uh, they are going to be spending the next four years, especially in youth group, uh, with one another in their small group. So in a blaze. Our small groups are um, you know, sixth through eighth grade. So eighth graders are in small groups with sixth graders and seventh graders. And throughout high school, they're gonna just be with their class of students. Uh, so they're gonna be with these same uh, peers for the next four years. So we do wanna set the tone for what uh, their small group can achieve if they recognize their need for one another uh, and their need to be uh, open and honest about how the Lord is working in them and convicting them um, so that they each might be impacted to to grow close to the Lord. Let's take a break here talking about
0: camp. Also, you know, we're talking about freshmen coming in. In many respects, uh, Chris, Isaac, you're sort of freshmen in the whole area of uh, professional ministry or life ministry uh, uh, pursuits. And so can you talk about the importance of coming along others coming alongside you in as you are interns here at grace what that has meant to you both of you are kind of finishing up a year of internship pastoral internship you've interacted with not only dan and josh but you've interacted with our whole staff our elders can you talk about the importance of that ministry in your life and how you think it has prepared you for your next steps Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I can start with that. Um, yeah, I think that the importance of other people coming alongside you, especially in the early years of ministry and in the training years of ministry, is incalculable. I mean, just the um, investment that is put into us um, here at Grace, but also just in general, I think is is, um, is something that's that's so valuable because it prepares us in ways and for things that we wouldn't think about ourselves. Um, I think just the tasks that we've, we've had to do a lot of the things in the internship where there are things that we've had to do that I haven't anticipated or didn't think of were <laughs> even part of youth ministry when I started out um, but that has been really valuable in growing my appreciation on, on the one hand um, for the people who do this full-time but on the other hand just helping me grow in um, in training for those things um, I think discipleship is hugely important um, in ministry for people who are in ministry Um, and I think starting off in those mentoring and discipleship relationships um, is so crucial right at the start and that's been something that's meant a ton to me um, even as I'm trying to prepare for ministry and trying to train for ministry Um, just having that investment has been has been incredibly helpful. And incredibly valuable.
0: Chris, as you're taking the microphone, I want to warn you. I'm going to ask both of you another question, and that is, you can be thinking about this, Isaac. Chris, you, you're going to answer the question I just asked, but I also want you, you both grew up in ministry-driven homes, uh, professional ministry, we'll, we'll call it. Uh, your p- fathers, both pastors, Your uh, your both parents actively engaged in church ministry and mission work, uh, uh, intercultural mission work. I want you to share with us maybe something that surprised you or something you unique that you learned that, wow, I've grown up in this uh, similar types of ministry home, but I just never, never got this. So think about that and th- anything that comes to your mind. Chris, go ahead and share what this uh, opportunity has meant to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I I mean, just looking at uh, the way that Paul describes uh, one of the key functions of the church, just in Titus 2, of, of older men coming alongside and teaching and training younger men. And I think that's really... Um, I'm not calling you guys old, Josh and Dan, but <laughs> older. Our
0: 20-something pastors. <laughs>
1: um, but it really is. They're old a, souls, by the yeah. way, okay? But it really is a, a key function of the the church to come alongside and train up and develop uh, the next generation of, of ministry workers. And, so, and whether that's vocational or uh, just ministry in general. So I think that's been a really a really crucial part of this internship is not just focused on um, like getting reps in with teaching or improving in one's competency to, to teach or study the scriptures or anything like that. Um, But in addition to that opportunities to just be as Isaac was saying, discipled and grow in character. Um, And I think this internship and just the structures that grace has in place for their interns is just a really unique opportunity to not only uh, get practical ministry experience, but also to be developed in terms of our character. And I think that's extremely valuable.
0: So while you're thinking about your response to the next question, uh, some surprises you've gotten in ministry. Isaac, you willing to go ahead and
2: take that question and answer? <clears throat> yeah, sorry, can you repeat that question? <laughs> no, the
0: question is you've grown up in a ministry household all your life. What, during your internship, perhaps you've, you even referenced some things that surprised you. What are some surprises that you had as you have worked through this year in your internship?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think something that I've seen that, I think is done here that isn't as much a, a commonality back at home. Um, is just the amount that we can that we can get to know the students through um, doing things outside of youth group like trips and stuff like that. Um, which yeah, on that topic, we have. I think we're gonna talk about a couple of them soon. Um, but even during during that, just the administrative side of that and planning and organizing um, trips like these, which can seem almost mundane at points, but recognizing that like this is, um, these are things that hold eternal weight. Um, and the relationships that are formed through trips like these, um, are, are important and the things that will last and the trust that is built up that leads into discipleship of these students later on, um, that is important and that is, um, eternally valuable. Good. Chris.
1: Yeah. I think along those lines, um, the sort of, as I was saying, the administrative side of ministry is definitely a larger component than a lot of people realize. And even with my dad as a pastor, you often just see like him. I Growing up, I would see him preaching on Sundays and counseling people throughout the week and meeting with them. But then there's also a lot of administrative things that go on behind the scenes. And so I think one of the surprises is just the, the extent to which those sorts of tasks kind of add up on a day-to-day basis. But in reality, those tasks actually lay the foundation for the work of ministry as well. And so the administrative tasks aren't um, hindering your ministry, but it actually, through planning trips well and organizing events and all these things, they actually lay a really good foundation for uh, caring for the souls of the people in the youth group.
0: And I might add <clears throat> that the senior members of this group amongst the staff also are products of our internship program. Both of uh, Josh and Daniel served as interns here at Grace in years past before they took full-time positions. So uh, praise God for the work that's being done here, and may God continue to allow it to continue. Uh, Josh, Camp Wyoming, this is a new one, and I'm not really familiar. Tell us what, uh, what prompted this trip, first year we took it. Can you explain what? prompted you to go this way?
3: Yeah, so um, actually one of our, our intern last year, Cam Sardano, is the one who introduced me to the trip. He actually went to Camp Wyumi when he was at World of Life. Um, and so Camp Wyumi is a camp that is owned and operated by Ethnos 360, which um, is previously known as New Tribes Missions. Um, so it's a mission sending agency. And what they've done is they've set up this this facility to really raise awareness for the need of global missions and specifically among unreached tribal people groups, which is kind of ethnos sweet spot is that is that um, demographic. So <clears throat> what really prompted the trip is I, I was looking for a way in which we could expose our kids to the need for global missions. Um, without necessarily the price tag of going overseas. Um, and there's certainly a place for going overseas and taking teams overseas, but it is very expensive. And so I um, started to think, I wonder if there's somewhere in the U.S. that could be a little more maybe formative as far as um, thinking about missions in a, in a theological way and, and a biblical way. And so Camp Woyumi quickly rose to the surface as a, a possibility uh, to do that. And so, yeah, we took our first group of students uh, back in mid June. And the camp is, is ran by missionaries who used to serve in the jungles of Venezuela and um, were part of, were reaching people groups that had never heard the gospel before. They, we're part of translating the Bible into those languages and planting churches, and eventually were removed from the country for being spies. <laughs> of course, they weren't, but uh, that's what the government Praise said. God
0: they were only removed.
3: Yeah, they were just removed. <laughs> yep. And uh, so they've come back to the States and they've been running this ministry for a number of years now. And uh, yeah, we had a, we had a great experience there. What types of activities would you do to promote that and develop that
0: that foreign mission or mm-hmm. uh, unreached people group mission experience?
3: Yeah, so uh, each day started with what they called Bible Hour. And so they were trying to give a, a, a sketch of Genesis to Revelation. Uh, what's the big story of Scripture? And something that was unique as they were teaching is they often taught and shared how their people groups responded to the different stories in Scripture, uh, which was fascinating to hear uh, from our perspective. After that morning session, there would be some kind of topical session, so each day there was a different topic from language acquisition to culture acquisition, uh, literacy and Bible translation and evangelism, church planting, and the missionaries would just kind of share how they went about that, um, and just expose students to the need for Bible translation and other things like that. So that was, I think, that was a really eye-opening session each day uh, for our group. In the afternoon, they would try to plan some sort of hands-on activity to expose you to that, um, and then in the evening, they taught through the book of Jonah. And also shared quite a few stories from the field. And that was definitely one of the main features of the week is these two brothers who were teaching uh, shared a lot of incredible stories from the mission field, from the jungle that I think really captivated our minds and and we enjoyed hearing from and, and made students think a lot more about what it actually took to reach unreached people groups. You can
0: read biographies. Uh, you can do all kinds of things, whether it's you know uh, the New Hebrides or, or wherever it might be. But actually, getting students immersed in an experience—there's uh, nothing like that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what What age was this uh, with the campers here at the what, camp Wyoming?
3: Yeah. So it's a high school camp. Um, we we opened it to all high school students because we've never done it before. However, we were really promoting it among our freshmen and sophomore classes because juniors and seniors go with us to utah and so this was kind of uh, intended to be a compliment to the to the utah trip so we took primarily freshmen and sophomores very good
0: okay so then let's move to plant camp uh here In uh, just got back here mm. what last week mm. uh, late last week in utah Talk to us about the strategic value of that particular camping experience and what uh, what goes on at Plant
3: Camp. Yeah, so <clears throat> Plant Camp is something that uh, I got connected with in 2020 through uh, someone who used to serve in a blaze, uh, had been out there and uh, said, you gotta meet Will Galkin. And uh, so he was on campus, his, his kids go to Cedarville and he invited me and actually Dan and I went out Uh, for a weekend and really enjoyed our time out there and saw a lot of fit as far as uh, theology and ministry philosophy. And so uh, that summer, 2021, we took our first team out there. And so uh, Plant Camp is a church planting immersion experience. Um, It's hosted by Plant for the Gospel, which is a network of church plants in northern Utah started with Gospel Grace Church in Salt Lake City, and then um, in 2016, they revitalized uh, another church in Riverton, which is a suburb of, of Salt Lake called Gospel Hope Church. And then just a few years ago, they, they planted a church in Logan, which is a, a bit north of Salt Lake uh, Gospel Peace Church, and they have plans to plant another church here soon, which is exciting. Uh, we got to hear a little bit about that while we were there. But this Plant Camp program is intended to not only expose kids to church planting in northern Utah, but also serve the church plants uh, specifically. And so um, each year we've, we've done quite a bit of canvassing, which is just hanging door hangers on homes, inviting people to church. Um, we've done different evangelistic outreaches in the city park right across from Gospel Grace in downtown Salt Lake. Um, And this year, specifically, we served in Riverton, and part of that week is serving at the Riverton Town Days, which is this huge 4th of July festival. They have 20,000-plus people come to, and Gospel Hope has really uh, developed a reputation in that community through plant campers serving at this event um, that people really recognize and are thankful for the ministry of, of Gospel Hope Church. And so it's really great. A really great opportunity for our students because we go out there and we learn a lot about what they're doing and yet we can help in very practical ways uh, by, per, by just providing some manpower to do some of these things that they're, they're trying to accomplish so um, that's a kind of a sketch of plant camp but would love for Chris and Isaac to kind of share maybe some things they noticed as they went with us this summer
1: yeah. Um, I So I also had the opportunity to intern with Plant for the Gospel last summer. So I got to serve in Salt Lake City with uh, that network of churches. And I think Plant Camp is just a great opportunity for uh, high schoolers uh, and even college students would attend some weeks as well uh, to see and just understand firsthand that when we are saved, we aren't just saved to live our Christian life individually, but we're actually incorporated into something much larger than ourselves. And that's the church. And so I think Plan camp is just a great opportunity for people to go to a new context and see the great need for, uh, churches in a place like Utah where, uh, I mean, there's one gospel preaching church for every 20,000, some residents in the, in the state. Um, so very underreached, very in need of the gospel and to see firsthand how the church actually serves as God's means of bringing people to himself. So I think Plant camp does many, many great things with, uh, giving opportunities to serve and evangelize. Uh, but I think more than that, it just helps you recognize the value of the local church.
2: Yeah, I would add to that, along with just seeing the need for the mission and the value of the local church, something I noticed was that, uh, that was surprising. It was also my first time um, going to Utah, so all this was kind of new to me too. Um, but something I noticed that was surprising um, was because of our interactions with a lot of unbelievers and a lot of people from different religious backgrounds, um, there was a lot of great conversation that was spurred as to what we do believe. And I think that is something that is incredibly valuable. Um, that is a, a normal part of missions and a normal part of church planting, but that's something that we don't we don't see as often. And so it is it is invaluable. Um, just as an example talking to people who have different beliefs about maybe the trinity or about inspiration or about um the church or about the role of works in our faith um it spurs us on and it spurred our high schoolers on to ask questions about what do we actually believe about the trinity inspiration the church works in our faith and so um i think that that um contrast of going out and interacting with these unbelievers and talking to them and then coming back together and spending a lot of time in the book of Ephesians where um, it talks about our sin but God's grace and that we're saved, we're justified um, by grace through faith. I think that was a powerful contrast that um, was incredibly impactful to me and I'm sure to our students as well. We talk
0: about in the United States economy about imports and exports. One of our biggest exports is religion. And certainly you were in an area that is exporting a lot of religion in Salt Lake City. Josh, you wrote a, a note to the church and I remember your opening comment or opening question. What do you think of when you think of Utah? There's the Great Salt Lake, there's Salt Lake City and that kind of thing. But many of us think about the the Church of uh, Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. Can we talk a little bit about the unique, uh, many, a certain, or maybe all of you have been overseas, I guess I know our interns have, uh, having grown up there, and I think both of you have. Can you talk about the uh, unique dynamic of ministering in an area like Salt Lake City, where there's a homegrown religion, as it were, that uh, is at odds with what we see in the scriptures. Can you talk about that and the, the uniqueness of that?
3: Yeah. Well, one thing that I know I've heard Will Gulkin say a few times is there's never been a revival in Utah, and there's never been uh, a Christian Culture there, you know. Uh, well, he said, because the Mormons right, settled that area. Ex- exactly. It's a, and what he describes it as pre-Christian, where we're, you know out in Midwest and even more so as you move to the East Coast, you're looking at more of a post-Christian uh, culture. He says Utah is is pre-Christian, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I love taking our students there, who grew up in Cedarville in a place that is. Just overwhelmingly exposed to the gospel. Not to say everyone's a Christian who lives here, but the gospel is very easily accessed here. Where you you go there, and uh, it's not the case. And so, I think um, taking students there, it's sort of what Isaac was saying, it it really confronts our own beliefs and forces us to uh, more carefully articulate what we believe and why. What, what they are uh, claiming is not true. And so I think the the confrontation with the LDS faith and trying to understand it and then realize how, how actually antithetical it is to the gospel and to what we believe is a really helpful experience for our students to walk through. And we experienced that. Um, we had the opportunity actually, the first full day we were on the ground um, we had the opportunity to actually go on a tour inside a new temple that had yet to be consecrated, which is a very unique experience. I, I had not done that in uh, any trip before.
0: And I'm guessing that the reason you were able to go into the temple was that it had not yet been consecrated?
3: Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, when it when it is consecrated later this summer, you will need to be uh, have, have a temple recommend from the LDS Church to go into the temple. Um and so that was a really uh, eye-opening experience for us as a team, as we heard from people who are very committed to their faith uh, describe what happens in the temple. Um, and I think it just got our students thinking a lot, because as we prepare for the trip, we do we do spend some time talking about what they believe, but it's so abstract and so... Uh, distant from our experience that it's hard to actually conceptualize until you're on the ground and you're talking to real life people who look and talk a lot like us and yet um believe something totally contrary to what we believe that it starts to actually sink in and and what happens is you you leave uh and i think i felt this more this trip than years past just because of the spots we went to but you just become overwhelmed by the lostness there um just to look over cities and to go to different lookouts and say, you know, here's 1.2 million homes and there may be 20,000 Christians uh, living in this area. And you just become uh, very overwhelmed by the, the great need for the gospel in Utah. Mm-hmm it bears mentioning,
0: and I don't want to let the moment pass without mentioning it. It was about 40 years ago that Grace Baptist Church sent another youth group led by one of our current elders, Byron Shearer, and uh, I remember the some of my friends going on that trip. I was not at that, that time at uh, Grace, but I remember them coming back and saying much of the same thing about just the lostness, but also the, the weird dynamic between they look like us, They, in many ways they talk like us, but they're not of us. They're not of the same. Mm-hmm. Certainly, the same belief and same spirit, so to speak. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and in fact, that that's certainly a, ch- a recent change. You know, the 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 whole LDS Church started on the premise of we need to separate and restore the true church. Um, and yet, in recent decades, the effort has been made to kind of blur the line from a separation and say, no, we're we're one and the same. A different Um, denomination. Yeah, in many ways, that's true. Um, And so it's really helpful to go there and to be hosted by people who are doing ministry on the ground for a long time because they really do, a. a, and when I say that, I mean the pastors at these churches that we serve. They do a great job of framing and helping us process what we're seeing and experiencing in a way that doesn't lead to making fun of or belittling, but actually leads to to deep empathy and compassion for the people living there. And so I'm really thankful for Will and Danny and Matt and others who are there, who are are framing that experience for our group. And I think our our kids walked away feeling the need for the gospel in, in that area of our country.
0: and to link one other initiative that uh, Grace Baptist Church has entered into here in the past year, we uh, started the Grace, uh, or uh, I'm sorry, not the Grace, it's Multiplying Grace, uh, was the initiative that we started, and the idea of one of the three uh, efforts that we want to engage in is church planting. We've actually sent somebody, or not officially sending, but, uh, we kind of encouraged and kind of scooted out a couple of our own. Can one of you, Dan or Josh talk about, uh, Josh and Ariana and what they're doing in that area?
3: Yeah. So, um, we actually got a chance to have dinner with the Langfords, uh, which was cool. They came over to our Airbnb on Friday while we were there. Um, Josh is doing the church planting residency, um, which will actually start in the fall so they got out there a little bit early which has been helpful for them to get acclimated and to start to meet people um, they will be primarily in Salt Lake City working with Gospel Grace Church um, it's a two-year program where they're learning a lot about church planting and perhaps preparing to plant with them um, that's not necessarily the end goal but it can happen um, and uh, you know we're encouraging more and more people to go out and join them. Um, I know that they would love to see people from our church and people from the university go out there and partner in the effort of church planting. Um, in fact, I would love to soon take a team of adults out there to get to see uh, on the ground what's going on, because I think... What the ministry happening in northern Utah could, could easily be viewed as, oh, that's the youth group trip, and uh, I, I wouldn't want to be seen that way. I would love to see it as this is, this is Grace's ministry partner in, in Utah, and we, and we want to, you know, lift up their arms, so to speak, and strengthen their hearts as, as they're working on the ground. And that, that could either be prayer and support from afar, but hopefully that can also be uh, sending people to be a part, and not just pastors, but nurses and teachers and engineers and people who are going to be really great church members in a in a really dark uh, corner of our country. Certainly a place that needs the gospel witness. Yeah.
0: Gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. And uh, before we close, I do want to mention we've been talking about youth. We've been talking about interns and uh, uh professional uh, workers but also adults you just uh, had it made a call for adults don't want to forget our kids i was just talking with barbara hunt today our director of children's ministries and our annual vocation bible school over 170 young people that they're training up to send to you guys so that you can continue developing them in the spirit but also i know that you would say that no the parents are the first line of ministry in developing these children and just encouraging parents not only to get them involved in our youth ministries but also to do the hard work at home
3: absolutely and I would love to just uh, encourage you all this Sunday night uh, July 16th at 7 p.m. we are going to be hosting the mission spotlight for the month of July and you're going to get a chance to hear from both the Camp Wyumi team and the plant camp team Uh, so we'd just love for you to come out and join us for that Hear straight from the kids about their experience and learn about what's going on, uh, at both of those ministries.
0: Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. And it's great to have you. Thanks for the work that you're doing here through the ministry of Grace Baptist Church. And we have been digging deeper today in the ministry of Grace Baptist Church, focusing on our student ministries with Josh Taylor, Dan Ackerman, Chris Heil, and Isaac Shaw. You can access Grace sermons and podcast episodes on demand by visiting gracecederville.org on the World Wide Web and clicking the Media tab. We also encourage you to share your questions and comments with us each week by emailing them to contact at gracecedarville.org. Plan to join us next time? We'll be continuing our study of God's Word in the book of Hosea. Until we meet again, I'm your host, Bart Sheridan, thanking you for tuning into this episode of Digging Deeper in Grace. Digging Deeper in Grace is a ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Cedarville, Ohio. Visit us online at gracecederville.org and join us next time as we continue our discussion. In the meantime, we invite you to continue digging deeper in grace as you read God's Word.